Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. You know, I like to think that the guests that I invite here on the show are all good guys, right? But today I'm gonna introduce you to a bad guy. No, I didn't say bad guy, B-A-D. I said bag guy, B-A-G. See what I did there? Anyway, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's the dad jokes. And Anyway, today we're gonna be talking with a good friend of mine, somebody who you may have heard on the show before. You may have heard his show over at fizzle.co before. He was a podcast co-host on the fizzle.co show. And this guy's funny. He's got a great business now, not just on fizzle.co. Actually, he's going full-time with, guess what? Reviewing bags. Yes, bags like travel bags, computer bags, like those kinds of things. And he's loving it and he's making money and he's doing it in a way that's very genuine. And if you are at all interested in becoming somebody who reviews products and makes money doing it through affiliate marketing or sponsored posts or any of those kinds of things, you gotta listen to this episode. Plus there's a lot of like outside of business stuff that we talk about in this because it's Chase and Chase is awesome and you're gonna hear just how amazing he is and all the fun stories he has and, and the voices and all that stuff. He's a good guy. But we also get into, hey, you know, you can still be successful even if you can't do voices like Chase and all that kind of stuff. So we're gonna get into this. This episode is for you because I know all of you can do more reviews. You can all make more money with affiliate marketing. You can all create stuff that's better than what's out there right now and build these amazing relationships with these companies too. So much so that like Chase, they're gonna send you so much stuff that you don't even know what to do with it for free. It's pretty amazing. So before that, let's cue the intro. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he wouldn't be here today if it weren't for you, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to session 397. We're closing in on 400. How crazy is that? What also is crazy is we have Chase Reeves on the show today, somebody who uh, is just a ball of fire, a ball of energy, and he's bringing a lot of value here today, to today, I can't even talk, to today's episode. That's Chase Reeves. But my name, if you don't know who I am, is Pat Flynn. I'm here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people to all those three things at the same time. And today, we have Chase Reeves talking to us about 
Bagworks, like his bag review channel. You can find his YouTube channel. It's just Chase Reeves, R-E-E-V-E-S. He also has a website called matterful.co where he curates for our benefit all the best stuff for his particular kind of audience. And you're gonna see and hear exactly who his audience is and what he's doing for them and the products and the companies that are in and around that space. Bags, this guy, he's a bag guy, but one of the best. Anyway, here he is, Chase Reeves. Chase, what's up, my man? Welcome back to the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm in Ocean Beach, California, where it's sunny and it's summertime. San Diego summertime is kind of intense, bro. Is this your first one? Yeah, well, actually, I I worked in San Diego when I was in college for a little while for a summer, but this is my first time with my family, and I have a two-year-old daughter and a nine-year-old son. There's a lot of beach activities, and there's a lot of, like, other kids that live in the neighborhood with us. So that the when the family life is going well, I feel good about it. You know, I'd like everything, like rising tide floats all boats kind of thing, right? So Chase, I just want to kick things off. You know, a lot of people have known you from fizzle.co. You also played a hand at designing Smart Passive Income back in 2014, 2015. You were a web designer and you stopped doing that for a while. Uh, and now you are known in a niche world of bags. You are like the bag guy. You review these travel bags and all different sizes, all different kinds, all different uses. And you just have these raving fans now who watch every single video. The, these people who go to you for lifestyle related things and bags. Like I, I want to know how this all started and, and where this all came from. Can you take us back? Okay, great question. And it's an interesting story. In fact, I was just on the right before this call, I was on with do you have you have you met Justin Jackson? Do you know who that is? No, I've, I've heard of the name, but I don't know who he is. Yeah, he's like, he's like a, a marketing sat. He wrote a book called like marketing for developers. Just a great SaaS kind of entrepreneur blogger, basically. And we just had him on, we were talking about niche and we were talking about exactly these kinds of things. So I'm like, that, that conversation should go live in a, in a week or so on the Fizzle show. But the story of getting to where I am now, because like you said, as I'm talking, like there's a pile of boxes, Pat, like a pile of boxes and ha half of them are, are unopened. Half of them are just like pants are splayed across the room. Bags are everywhere because I'm in the bags and apparel and there's all sorts of stuff behind me. Where this really starts is actually about 10 years ago, I wanted to find a bag. And I was uh, working at a digital marketing agency. That's sort of my trade is digital marketing and specifically design and aesthetics and how do we make things look good on the internet? Because I was kind of interested in how do I look good as a person? I was looking for a bag, right? To see how that like makes sense. And at the time I couldn't, I was so frustrated. I was so, because I wanted to have something that wasn't just the typical sort of Timbuktu bag, which I'd already had for a while and I liked. And everybody, and it's like the same thing that everybody else has. Kind of wanted to stand out. And I just found that it was a pain in the arse to find an interesting bag, to go on, land on the website and see like, you couldn't tell what size it was, if it would fit your frame very well, if the colors would look like that in person when you got them, how... But I didn't, there was no stores nearby to buy this particular bag I was looking at. So I just bought it. It was 150 bucks. And at the time I had a blog for new dads called Father Apprentice, which is no longer there. It was my first sort of like semi-successful blog thing. And I just made a video about it. And <laughs> before I actually published it, I made it unpublished on YouTube. And then I sent the link to just the marketing, like, like just like contact at this bag company called Rickshaw, which I bought that bag from. 
And the immediately this smart young kid respond. His name's Chris Schroeder. Shout out to Chris if he's still listening out there. Cause he had been learning about like new digital marketing tools, including affiliates, like having influencers that are out there talking about your brand. So he's like, here, use this code. We'll give everybody who uses this code 10% off and we'll give you 10% of the sale. And over the next few years, I mean, I, I sold like, I sold like over a hundred thousand dollars worth of bags for those guys. You know, I don't think I saw a lot of money from the affiliate stuff on that because it was all cobbled together and it was all like, like I don't, and I, it was before I was taking it very seriously. It was just on the side, but they sent me free. They started sending me free stuff, which was as a kid, that's like all I could imagine. That's like my favorite thing in the world. Like that, that was it. Now I'm not that excited about getting free stuff. People are constantly sending me free stuff. And I'm like, no, this is crap. <laughs> I don't want, now I have to put that. I have to find some place to put this, you know, but that's where it started is my very first bag review was a profitable, like affiliate play by accident. Dude, that's insane. Like, did you ever, when this was all going down, did you ever feel like this would be something that you would take full time and, and do all the time? No, never, never, never thought about it. It was just like a, I felt like, like a nerd. I felt like embarrassed about it almost. I'm like, this is just for me. I don't tell other people about it, but there's people on the internet that are finding it. This is what I really grokked about that whole thing is that when anybody searched for that bag, the rickshaw commuter laptop messenger bag, they would find my video before they found the page to the damn bag. <laughs> like I like that's where that like it blew my mind once I got that that's still my my modus operandi as like I just published a video today on the Cotopaxi Alpa 35 which is a $200 one bag travel bag a great travel backpack that's affordable lifetime warranty great company that gives back to the world and the communities around the globe and an awesome story and not my favorite bag listen I can go, <laughs> sorry I, I can kind of go into detail on on any given bag because it seems to be what I'm paid to do but I just published that knowing that a lot of people in my audience don't really want to watch that video, but there's going to be however many tens of thousands of searches for that thing every week, month, or year. And mine will be one of the most relevant videos on it because it's long, it's engaging, it answers all of the potential buyer's questions. It's just, I'm just a commensurate sales guy. That's what I do is I I answer people's questions because they're going to make a decision on the travel bag. They want to go travel, you know? I'm curious, Chase, what do you feel makes a great product review? So there's a lot of people listening, myself included, who are gonna be doing a lot of gear reviews. You know, I'm gonna be doing that in the podcasting space a little bit more. And a lot of people listening to this, they might already start doing them. They, they might already do them. But what makes a great review great? And, and what are your pointers for how we can make great product reviews that people love? The first thing that makes it great is really get having a sense of, what we use this thing for, okay? So for me with a bag, for a daily carry bag, okay, think about everybody driving right now in their car to work, they might have a bag right next to them in their passenger seat or something, right? Or in the trunk of the car because they're carpooling or something. There's a bag that, that we have to take our goodies from home to work and back, right? There's also a bag that I, I like when I go out walking with a stroller with my kids, I like to have a little kick, what I call a kick around bag, just like a backpack that I throw a couple extra diapers in, water bottles for the kids, water bottle for me, some snacks in case, like we don't really know what we're up to, but like I've been in that place where the kids are tired and hungry and I don't have something to give them. So I've learned something about life, right? And a bag enables that kind of 
of life. Do you see that life is happening here? You see that real, like I'm doing things. I'm connecting with my kids. I'm giving them a day that like we get to have connection as a family and that we get to learn and grow and do whatever the heck we do when we're doing family things. And that this bag that I'm using actually provides some meaningful role in that, right? So I actually have intention for the products that I have in my life. Like I actually want my computer to do a certain thing. I want my podcasting microphone to be a certain way. That's why I use this microphone and why I've been trying to get people to use it because it's it's affordable, it sounds great, you can use it for video. There's all of these things that all of a sudden this one microphone enabled for me and I had been messing with lots of other microphones. So we, you know, we did a microphone review at Fizzle back in the day. That was just like, that was not an opportunity for us. That was just like, I kind of couldn't help but do it. Right? I wanted to know what was the best. And that's first and foremost, what I think about when I think about a review is what is the thing that I'm like the, in the, in the business world, we call it the job to be done. What's the job to be done? And for a daily carry bag, there's the kick around bag with the kids. Then there's the one I want to take to work. I want it to, to not be too fancy, but I want it to not be too like, like an old Oakley or Swiss gear, sort of like torn up sort of thing with pockets and flaps hanging off everywhere. I'd love for it to have a kind of a refinement so I can be dressed down with just like a nice pair of sneakers. And then my bag actually is like an accessory that like, now I look like I belong, even if we're in a boardroom. Whereas if that's gone, <laughs> I just look like some punk off the street, <laughs> you know, because I like to wear comfortable clothes. So a lot of it for me was around these questions of aesthetics. How does it look? What is the style of this thing? What does it signal about me? Because I'm a designer. That's what I designed when I designed, you know, smartpassiveincome.com. That was like, I locked myself in that room trying to think like, what is the thing we're actually trying to signal here so that the moths that are out there looking for a flame to be attracted to would actually, you know, find this to be a place that makes sense to them. I'm far away from your original question, but I, I think if you, if you go back, there might be relevancy still to that original question. <laughs> it's okay. I, I, big question. Are you sick of bags by now? I am sick of consumer culture. I'm sick of people who think that buying the new thing is what's going to solve their problem. Now I have like, I'm a runner right now. I'm a runner again. I've been off running for a while. Are you running right now, Pat? No, it's, it's kind of on and off, but I, I've stopped. Yeah. Cause it comes in phases. Let it go all the way out if it wants to, right? It'll come back. You know, if you love something, <laughs> set it free, but it's come back for me. And I just got a brand new pair of Hoka running shoes. I like these maximalist sort of trail slash road running shoes. Cause I use them for hiking. I use them for all sorts of stuff, but they're really lightweight and they're really, really padded uh, because running for me is quite hard on my knees and my lower back and stuff. Sometimes I got to buy a running shoe to get into running. That's what's happened, right? A, a, a few times in my life. So there are things that we buy that actually enable useful, meaningful things in our lives. But then there's other, th other times when I look at my life, it's just like, I ju like I'm just clicking, you know, just, I mean, almost so that there's a box here in a day or two, right? That feeling that we get when like, when like, oh, what's in this Amazon prime box? <laughs> like, what is it? And when there's a box on the way, there's like this expectation in your life. There's this kind of like energy in it. And when that box is not on the way, it can feel almost dull and boring as if the life that I'm living by itself is not interesting unless I'm adding something new to it. Novelty. Right. And this is, you know, this is greed. It's like a, it's like a form of greed. And I find that that 
doesn't serve my life and it doesn't serve our life as a, as a society, as a, as a civilization. And, and, and so I see the trends of minimalism and essentialism as titles for the kind of feeling that I have about when you ask, am I sick of bags? I'm, well, when I'm sick, I'm sick about just seeing how much of life we make about what product I should buy. But at the same time, I, I realize like I'm, all I do is help people with that decision. What my whole like matterful.co, which is all these products that I think matter that aren't disappointing because disappointing everyday goods are disappointing every single day, right? That is like, if you surround yourself with things that you don't have necessarily, you don't have positive feet regard for, right? Even if it's just neutral, but it's not, but you don't have how many things in your life do you really love, right? How many things you are, are you actually like, you actually care about? Like I, my laptop is my entire life. <laughs> I like guess everything that I do in the world happens through this laptop professionally. So I, I have a, I have like, like it's a tool that I really care about in the same way that a hunter gatherer, like they had their tool that they used to rip the skin off of a, of a, of something or to, to cut up, uh, some important whittle down a stick to, to a spear. Like there was tools that we use. There's tools we use in our life. That's what human is human. The human species is like this tool making species that uses tools to get what we want done in life. And I find that sometimes we like, there's this old Marco Arment quote about buying a magazine about hammers instead of actually doing the work of making your house. Do you know the difference between those two? Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of like in golf, right? You, you could read all the golf magazines and buy all the clubs, but if you're not on the course practicing, you're, you're not gonna get better. And that's what I was raised in. I mean, I was raised in, my dad just has like the, the amount of drivers, Pat, that are in the garage, my dad's garage. Like, it's like everyone, it was supposed to improve everything. And, and it did. I mean, he, he really would find one that he clicked with. And, but I did notice that a lot, not just with golf, but with, with a lot of stuff in life as I was growing up and with my own life, as I kind of had my own family and was independent with my wife. And, you know, what stands in stark contrast to that is when I traveled Europe after college, I did that sort of thing that you're supposed to do where you travel Europe after college, get a Eurorail pass and go see it. And that like, it's not an accident that the main bags that I focus on have been actually travel bags. Because what I'm actually selling people is how to get away, how to get away and feel good about getting away, how to knock the barnacles off of your prefrontal cortex and actually travel. That's what these bags, these travel bags specifically enable one and a particular kind of travel, one bag travel. It's a backpack that's carry onable. My favorite is minimal one bag travel, which fits under the seat in front of you. So you're the last, you can be the last person on the plane. The last, this is an old Rick Steves thing. The last person on the plane, you put your bag right under the seat in front of you, pull down your little eye mask and <laughs> go off to sleep or start reading your book or whatever. That, that mode of travel is so life-giving. It, it's, it's like it uh, knocks the barnacles off. You know, you know that, that character in Peanuts that had the, uh, the, like, the dust around his head, the little dust ball around his head and the blanket. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. I Sometimes I feel like when I'm as an entrepreneur, I feel like that. And some of the most powerful breakouts from that have been just by getting away to something new, getting, getting going out to travel somewhere. So travel is to me this metaphor for getting out of our ruts, 
for getting into some place that has a totally, totally different life, but a very real one. Like the way that this, these people have been living, have been, they've been living like this for a long time, totally unrelated to you. It's a, it's, you're in a completely new spot, right? And I find that when I have a good feeling about just traveling in general, just the journey, which means for me, I like to have a bag because I like to know where my snacks are and I like to know where my Bluetooth headphones go. And I like to, you know, know that it's big enough, but it's not so big that I can't fit under the seat in front of me or whatever. There's just tricks in travel and to have gear that works with those tricks is like a total upgrade in life. Yeah. You know, I think this is a big lesson for everybody who is doing any kind of reviews or any sort of content. It's not just about the content or the strategies or the thing, the the shiny object. It's about how it makes you feel. It's how it integrates into your life. It's how it makes things more convenient and how that then enables you to do, to, to do other things. You know what I mean? You know, I follow a lot of tech reviewers, for example, and it's not always about how many gigahertz something is or how fast something is. I mean, those things are mentioned, but it's now because of that, my pictures look better or, you know, you know I follow MKBHD, who, who you might know, and great reviewer. But I want to go back to the beginning when, when you first started. You had mentioned earlier that, you know, you weren't initially wanting to go all in with this, but I'm just curious. I want to continue this story. When did you make that decision? How did, it, how did you finally, you know, want to go all in on this? Like, tell me about that. Well, it, it happened very slowly over time because I started like 10 years ago and then like a few years went by and I got introduced to the, the there's a, there's a company called Minal, M-I-N-A-A-L. And they were, they designed a really, really interesting bag for one bag travel. It's smaller, a little bit smaller than Max Carry On because they found they didn't need that much space. They didn't need to just do it as big as possible just to do it as big as possible. They wanted to bag that traveled the way that they did. They were digital nomads. So they always had their laptop and, and a tablet and tech tools and stuff like that. But there was a lot of Southeast Asia and Thailand. There was a lot of Europe and a lot of just going all over the world. And they wanted a bag that traveled really without any what they called travel drag. Well, it turns out these guys were really good designers, really interesting brand builders and product makers, and had met my business partner at Fizzle, Corbett Barr, at some point. And he introduced them to me via email. And then they sent me a bag. And then I made like a 45-minute video about that bag after I traveled with it and used it and had, cause I had a lot of complicated feelings about it. <laughs> right. Cause it was really designed well, but there was also some other things I wasn't the biggest fan of. And it was like, it was, I loved that product. I just loved the, that they made it. I loved the independence of that brand. I love the quality and the execution, uh, in the manufacturing. And I loved the intentionality and the humanity in the design of it. So once I did that one, that's when I was like, all right, can we do more? Once I did that one, I actually, that was the first time I emailed somebody else, like another bag company. The first one I emailed was Wandered. I can't remember, I think maybe something like that. Wandered makes this great bag, the Provoke, which is a roll top. It's made for side access for a camera. It's got a camera cube exit, like uh, a accessory if you need it. It's good for travel. It's water resistant. It's got lots of organization all sorts of stuff. You can find, by the way, if anybody's like, just in case people actually get interested in the bags, I keep a list of my favorite bags at matterful.co, like matter, like it matters, matterful, like these things are matterful. I just have my favorite lists of like, here's the daily carry bags, here's the travel bags, here's the minimal travel bags, here's the travel accessories. So you don't need to try to remember the names of all the things because they're all on those lists over there. We'll put them in the show notes for everybody so you don't have to worry. Okay, awesome. That's one of the things I found is that 
what's hard about doing things on YouTube, Pat, is you cannot go change that video. Yeah. Right? It's set in stone. But the truth is my favorite list of daily carry bags is totally updatable. Like I'm constantly changing things and moving them around on the list. Constantly. As in, if I, I'm, I'm going to discover a new bag in three months that I never even heard of that I'm like, oh my gosh, this does these things so much better than my previous favorite. So because of that, I, I, I've like kind of, I'm constantly one little trick for any influencers and, and specifically product reviewers out there is having some sort of like a home base that is just like the lists of your favorite. And it's almost like a billboards top music chart. And I'm constantly referencing that when I'm reviewing a daily carry bag, I'm sending people back to that page because my thing, this is so important today because to influencer stuff, it's like, it's moving really fast. There's a lot we don't understand about what's going on. Everybody's looking to make a buck and monetize their 15 minutes of fame is one way of looking at it. Or they're like the, whatever audience that they're cultivating that, that might actually be worthwhile. And so what's happening is brands are reaching out to people and they don't necessarily have the best product or, but they have a smart marketing team and those products are getting talked about by influencers. I would say go the other way. Today, you are the curator. Curating is the name of the game right now. And we've actually been saying this online for a long, long time, I realize. But there's so much music in the world right now. You don't, you almost don't know what to listen to, right? So what we do is we hire Spotify to make playlists for us called like Happy Hippie or like Quiet Morning or Thank God It's Friday or something like that, right? And if you're a band that gets on one of those playlists, there's a, you have a chance, like you have a, you have a potential future. That's curation, of this mass swarm of mu of songs that are out there, these playlist creators are, or these algorithms are putting that stuff together. And now you have a chance because you got selected there. Well, I think what I'm doing is a radical form of like curation or maybe not radical at all. I want to focus on the products that are interesting to me and to my lifestyle. And basically by sending out that signal, then I'm collecting, I'm gathering, I'm attracting the people who are like me in that, who, who think similarly. And they might come, they might be like 50 years older than me. They might be 20 years younger than me. They might be uh, like 500 pounds heavier than me or 90 pounds lighter than me. They might be completely different on so many levels, but we have so much similar ways of thinking about what we want in our life. So I think so much of the review game is going to be because, you know, you can go like, say you want to find wireless earbuds right now, right? You're going to go, you go on YouTube, you're going to find probably uh, like a hundred videos of a bunch of people from all over the U S and Canada who are making these videos that are just like, well, here's what I think about the Jabra 65 T and here's about this compared to the Sennheiser momentums and, and these kinds of conversation, this is why MKBHD is so fascinating. I mean, he must be somebody that you're paying attention to, right, Pat? Definitely huge fan. Because what we're seeing when we're seeing him is, and I haven't watched a lot of his videos, but we see curation. So one thing to look at is like, watch some of his videos about a product and compare it to someone else's. And it could be just about who has the more insight. But I find that with MKBHD, he's mostly, he's much more focused on what we do with the tool. And that I, I think is essential because technology serves the job that it's made for. You know, it always kind of has. 
Yeah, and speaking of uh, sort of your job as a product reviewer, right? It's to, as you said, sort of curate that that content and share the best of, of things for people and why they use them and, and what they're for and how they'll sort of improve their lives and whatnot. But I'm curious, since this is your job, I mean, you're getting companies, you, you know, you're in the spotlight uh, with these companies now. They know you, they're sending you stuff all the time. I mean, is there any sort of expectation there? Like, you know what I mean? Mm. You know, how do you balance being a curator, but also what you owe these companies and the fact that, you know, you can get paid from them through affiliate marketing and, and all these other things. I'm just, I'm really curious and fascinated by how your brain works around that. The way that I try, I'm, I'm educating brands these days about like, listen, here's the deal. I have 60,000 plus subscribers on YouTube and it's growing by some, I can't remember the number every month. And then I have uh, about I think 30,000 people coming to the website every month. But more importantly than that, I sold $1.5 to $2 million worth of products last year. Wow. Right? Like I'm just a, I'm just a signal amplifier. I can, I just sell stuff. I'm a digital sales rep. Chase, did you, how do you, how do you get those numbers? Are those from Amazon or where are you pulling those from? No, through just my income, just the, the accountant stuff. I earned this much money. And so like I'm making 10% from everybody basically right? Except for a handful that, that offer a little bit more. But what my job is here, what MKBHD knows, what Casey Neistat knows, what Pat Flynn knows, and you know, what Marie Forleo knows, what Liz Gilbert knows, is that like, we're in the age of platform, right? Platform is this thing that I study. It's like your life is the product in, in a way. Like my YouTube channel is called Chase Reeves because I can't change the name of it. It's literally attached to my Google account. <laughs> I hear you on that. Early on, I tried to create a new channel. And by the end of the week, I had gotten like 2,000 people of the 12,000 subscribers at the time to actually go subscribe to the new channel. Like there was enough engagement to like actually move them. But what I realized is that I had, I had all of these cornerstone pieces of content on my Chase Reeves channel that was constantly going to drum up bit, like more interest over there. And, and I didn't have a way of putting it into the video to go follow over there. So I just collapsed that whole thing. So I'm just Chase Reeves. I'm stuck at Chase Reeves. I can't be like the bag helper guy, right? And I think in a real way, that's what we're hungry for online. When you ask about what made what makes my videos successful, I mean, you could answer that quite like what do you what do you think makes my videos successful, Pat? It's you, bro. I think it's the personality. 100%. 100%. You know? And that is like that's a product. Every one of us is an advertising agency that's constantly trying to sell ourselves. Whether or not we we, we choose to see ourselves that way, that's what's going on. We're invested in things going well for ourselves, so we want to sell in the right direction, okay? Well, if we can get involved in that process, which for me was, like, that's what meditation is. Meditation is just watching the mind, right? And watching this impulse, this, like, this advertising agency that you've, you've got inside of yourself called the ego, that is, like, it's just, it's gonna be trying to sell something. And thank God, because, like, we really people are buying and you need them to buy and you need them to understand who you are and what you're about. But there's also this other thing where we want you to not just be understandable, but to be, I don't know, to help us feel more comfortable in our own skin, to help us understand ourselves more because you're not so egotistical that it's all about you. So I find my, one of the things I've learned is, is, or I've seen one of the things I've watched change in my language is now I no longer say, like, I'll say my version of like, like, I like this, I don't like that. 
but most of the language has shifted towards like, some of you are really going to love this thing, right? And some of you are really going to dislike this part of this. Because what I realize is I'm talking to so many different kinds of body types and so many different kinds of preferred philosophies of carry or something like that. Yes, I just said that word, philosophy of carry. That's like, that's what, that's what, like, that's why my, my freaking YouTube channel is doing its thing because I'm just a nerd about how I carry things. And I went too far in that direction. And now you can see all of these like communities of people that all they think about and care about are bags. And I think people lump me into that when really, no, I care profoundly, fundamentally about life and more specifically my life, <laughs> you know, and these bags help me get my life done. And my life is like watching my son bloom. Like he's nine years old. He's like just coming into age. My life is seeing vitality in my relationship with my wife. My life is feeling like I'm not like, I think one of the hardest things for modern creatives is to feel a sense of being proud of themselves for the work that they're doing. <laughs> like, like it's been so hard for me to find a genuine sense of satisfaction in the level of work that I'm putting out in the frequency of that work. This is where my life is. It's all in the regular interpersonal sort of stuff. I make products. I love products. So I'm reviewing them. And I think the reason why I'm seeing the success is, is twofold. It's that personality thing. But it's that thing I said before where it was, it was like, I'm thinking about how this product is supposed to be used. What the human, the monkey, the monkey that is like an advertising, it just the monkey would use this thing for. And that's why like one of the things like this, this will be applicable to microphones and to any sort of product out there that people want to be reviewing, right? I think about the human interaction with that thing. So where, where that shows up on the bag more than anywhere else is actually the handle, like the top handle. People don't realize how much those handles get used. And a lot of brands, they, don't, they haven't capitalized on the fact that that is the place where our hands, like our, our feelers, our act, the actual feeler of our body will feel that part of the bag as we carry it, right? And so it's this terrific place for showing me what you think a hand should feel as a designer, as a bag maker, as a product maker, right? And some companies make a really good handle and it's like really satisfying. And some people really try to make a good handle, but it feels cheap. And some people don't think about it at all. And I, I actually prefer that to the feeling cheap middle of the road one, right? But beyond anything, I prefer those really good ones. Like the Filson 24 hour tin cloth briefcase has this leather handle that breaks down over time. That's just so satisfying. And it's not the Filson briefcase that everybody has. It's the, it's a different one. It's a little more Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> I'm going to try to pepper in little, little advice about bags, just in case there's people listening for that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. You know, it, it really just shows how deep you go into this and how much you care about the product. And, and this is what will attract you to product companies. And it's also what's attractive to the, con to the consumer. And, you know, they're the producer, you're the consumer. Oh, wait, hold on. To, on, on really quick, to answer your question, the first question that I, that I forgot yeah, yeah. was about how do I, like, you know, companies are sending things in or I'm asking for things. How do I get companies? I'm teaching companies to just treat me as a good thing for them if it works out for them, right? So I'm like, you can send stuff in, no guarantees. No guarantees. Unless I'm specifically reaching out to that company and I'm saying, okay, this bag, I know, like there's one company that has like $600 bags and they were like, well, I don't know if we're going to, and I totally get it. Totally. And in fact, that, that company, I gave you the Cecilia camera bag 
Dude, yeah, thank you for that. It's, it's amazing. The leather, it's just... It's, I really like the leather of it. I really like the design inside. I really like a lot about that bag. But that company, he w- wanted to have a call with me beforehand, and I would never... I don't, I don't like doing that. I've got children to raise. I've got breakfast to make. And I'm like, I'm not here for your company, but though I do need your company to do what I do. So we're going to do this together. And I'm going to, you need me to do what I do. Cause what I do sends a signal out that people pay attention to, right? So I have the attention and you have the product. Now I am a nerd about products so I can see, and I have these ideas that like, yeah, I think you made a good product, but that is how many are you selling over there? right? I just have a bullhorn over here. I just have a signal that I'm amplifying over here that people for some reason are paying attention to. It's something I've cultivated for a very freaking long time. It's something that my whole reputation is staked on. It's something the posterity of my family name is staked on, right? And it's something that I, I'm stuck with, right? So I'm turning this into, into what I want it to be. And I want to include you, right? This is the place of power that an influencer can have. And I see a lot of influencers trying to do that when they actually, they're just serving themselves and we can all, and people can tell, right? And brands can tell. And so there's this real backlash against these influencers reaching out going like, Hey, we'd love for you to cater our wedding. And we can like, instead of paying, like there's going to be a lot of influencers there. So we can put up like a it's like a sign for you or something you could like, and it's, and it's like, no, these are real people doing real work. They deserve to be compensated for this stuff. And my thing is like being like a Batman. I saved two companies, Pat. Like I didn't know this at the time, but I got a bag that I was interested in. I made a review of it. Well, that founder was just about to close their doors. And my video brought so much interest that they had enough capital to, to go out to Japan to meet with the factory that they wanted to get this material. He makes all of these crazy, amazing bags that are like super bespoke and, and just like legendary bag designer. And then another one, this, this, this lady out in the UK who was like, I didn't know if I was going to keep going. And for her, it wasn't even the, the interest in the bag. It was the way I talked about it. She was just like, it was so thoughtful and humane. Like you were clearly thinking about the same things that I was thinking about as the designer and hearing those stories to me, like I had zero clue, Pat, that that's what was going on. Right. So I see myself a little bit as a vigilante for what I've been standing for at fizzle for the last seven years. I just looked it up, Pat, seven years ago, Corbett sent me the first email. That's like, here's what we're doing. It's me and Caleb on the email. And he's like, we're thinking of doing this just like you did the thing to traffic design. We want it to be fresh. We want to go yada, yada. That was seven years ago. And what I've been standing in for seven years at fizzle is independent business. You don't have to sell out. There's a way for you to make something that's meaningful, useful, and solves a problem for real people out there in the world using the superpowers of the internet to do it. Right. And I think particularly these makers of physical products is like always been fascinating to me because Pat, you and I, we can put together an ebook in like a weekend, right? We can throw together a whole new podcast and launch it in two days, right? And have a whole season done to make something physically and then to fulfill those orders and do the inventory and all this stuff. It's just a lot more to think about. And so I don't know. I love the, I love what it brings to my life. These physical products, like there's a company called boundary supply who are just wizards of fabrics and materials and specifically around technical fabrics and materials that have technical performance, but they're really, really, really sustainable resource oriented 
right? So like they don't like to use organic cotton because cotton is such a water heavy material. Okay. It takes so much water to make that material. And we're heading into a water crisis. <laughs> it's like Peter Thiel is like shorting water for the next 30 years. It's like really scary. Uh, I try not to learn too much about it, but they're thinking about those kinds of questions. And I just admire that. And then the designs and their products, I think are, are really interesting. So for the first timer out there who's listening to this, who wants to do a product review, maybe they want to review bags, for example, but they're starting from scratch. And, you know, you had mentioned becoming that blowhorn and, and leveraging what you have. But if you're just starting out, you have nothing. Yeah. So for the future niche reviewer, what would you recommend they do to start? How do you start? Yeah. Okay. So first idea is like, well, first of all, I also realized that the next, the person who will replace me is already listening to this podcast, right? Like, but here's, here's my fire. Here's where I would go with it. I would go to, if I was doing bags specifically, the thing is, is you want to look at the brands that are out there, the products that are interesting and hot right now. The, like I said before, when people search for the Wandered Provoke backpack, they're still finding a video that I made, I think at least a year or two ago, maybe longer. That is, you know, one of the bags that, that I sell a lot of because there's a lot of interest in it and there, and it's a long video because people have a lot of questions about spending this much money on a bag, Right. But that product has interest out there, right? The difference between making that and then doing like the Dispatch travel bag, which Dispatch is this amazing company in San Francisco. They've been around for, for a long time, really killer design pedigree, amazing materials. Everything's focused on like sort of military spec, but without being too tactical, just being sort of like urban looking. And I did the video on that travel backpack and nobody's, not, not very many people are searching for that right? But I wanted people to know about it because it's really good. So I find these are the two forces at work. It's like the stuff that people know about and they're searching about and the stuff that it's like, that's the, the spoonful of sugar. And then there's the medicine, the spoonful of sugar makes them helps the medicine go down. The medicine is here's what they need to know about. So for me with bags, the question is not selling this bag versus that bag. It's fine. It's helping someone make their own decision. It's curating an experience so they can feel empowered making their decision. Because if they can make themselves satisfied with this decision, chances are they can buy any number of these bags and be satisfied with it, right? But if they don't make themselves satisfied with it, then they're going to be like six months from now, like, well, maybe I'll get a different bag, right? And that's the kind of consumption and stuff that's like, hey, man, spend that $300 buying a plane ticket somewhere. Instead, it will totally be more valuable to you than having another bag in your closet. So I would look at those two categories because the place where people are already searching for that product or have a lot of interest in that product is where the fish are. You want, you want to catch fish, you got to go where the fish are. But then the things that they need to know about, that you think they need to, to know about, that's where your expertise and your voice lives. And what that really is for me, I mean, I've been traveling hardcore and using bags like a ninja nerd for, <laughs> for like a, over a decade. Like I was into all of this, all of this bag stuff before it was a general conversation the way that it is now. And I know a lot of people out there going like bags are a general conversation. <laughs> yeah, I know it's weird, <laughs> but like the, the personality that comes through what I think is my favorite bag, what travels the way that I like it to travel right? And my honesty in that is like, 
man, this is where the influencer thing is getting crazy where company, I can make a lot of money focusing on just one company right now or, or a particular bag. I, but I don't find myself doing that because it's more important to me, isn't it over time that I have an authentic relationship with my audience? Cause that's what in 10 years allows me to still be selling stuff. Right. So I just set out a handful of things without getting too specific, but in those direct, like one, one simple thing you could do is you, you like get your uncle to, to loan you $10,000 and buy all the bags you think you you need to review and just start doing it. And, and, and actually make content about those things as you update some list that is like your favorite, you know, daily carry bag or your favorite daily carry bag for urban environments, or, you know, you can go more specific and smaller and niche. I really saw a lot of, I think, purchase in the marketplace around the travel bag category. Now there's a lot of daily carry and then there's a lot of apparel coming. Like my, I'm wearing this shirt that's made out of, it's a button up shirt made out of Merino wool, which Merino has a lot of really interesting parameters or, or, or performance things about it. It's a little bit warmer than you might want in San Diego, but it looks really clean always. I almost never have to wash it. To wash it, I just wash it like anything else because of the way that this company Wool and Oak puts it together. And then it's like the bacteria, it doesn't become a problem. It doesn't, it's antibacterial. So all of that like yellow pit stain stuff, all of that like tons of stinkiness stuff, even though it's a little sweater than I'd like, it has these performance aspects. And what I'm interested in is just having a uniform. So I don't have to wake up every morning and think about what the heck I'm going to wear that day. Right. So I find that a pair of ratty jeans and a nice shirt with some, you know, running shoes or some sneakers of some kind. And my Ram Dass be here now hat <laughs> with my long hair coming out the back and a ponytail is like, that's my look, man. That's what I'm that like these companies enabled that. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like you can just make a purchase of these four shirts and then be done with shirts for a long time. That's life. That's impacted the life. When I'm making my videos, I'm serving that. I'm serving the individual actually feeling empowered and passionate about their life, the creative life specifically. And I don't think there's a, there's a soul alive that ain't creative, you know? So to me, I always feel like I bring it back into that because that's where I get my energy from. I worship at that temple, you know? And because of that, the energy in the videos is very attractive to people. They're, they want messages like that. That's why people listen to the fizzle show. Cause it kind of pumps them up and gives them a little motivation. Even when I'm being a <laughs> little sour pants, you know, Chase, this makes me wonder for the person who's listening to this, who is like, well, of course, Chase's stuff is doing well. Cause he's Chase Reeves and he's extroverted and he has this personality and he can do these really funny voices and he cracks these super funny jokes. But they're feeling like, well, I, I can't do that because I'm not as funny. You know, how would how would a person still create something interesting if, if they're not like you? I'm curious. Well, this is the question of which I what I think has been my life work up to now has actually been more related to all of this sort of subterranean content that we're talking about here. The 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 actual motivations behind the actual the actual energy or the ideas that animate my videos or, or the question behind like which travel bag should I buy? To me, there is this challenge of learning how to speak with your own voice. Now think about that for a second. 
like this challenge of learning how to speak with your own voice. How on earth would it be challenging for you to learn to speak with your own voice? Why do comedians talk about it taking 10 years to find your voice? Why, why do we have this concept? Why does Stephen Pressfield write about it in the war of art? Uh, like this kind this idea of your voice, right? It's a very real thing. Anybody who's ever tried to write seriously knows about the voice. And sometimes you feel like you're in it. And sometimes you feel like you're not in it and you don't know what to do to get it. Right. That is to me, the most exciting thing about digital entrepreneurship these days or about business in general, which is actually this, it's the same thing. Like, do you want to know why I think and perform the way that I think and perform is because I was never a business person. I was always a performer. I was always a comedian. I was always a musician. I was always a performer of some kind of a writer. That is really who I compare myself to. And so because of that, my engagement or exploration of my voice has looked like that. And if you've been, and if people were paying attention and were saying like, okay, this guy wishes he was a comedian, you could look at my whole path and it would make more sense, right? But if you go like, oh, this guy's just a business guy. He thinks about business all day long and he happens to have this vital personality, you know? That doesn't call into context the struggles with mental health and depression that I've had. It doesn't call into context the radical things I've done in my life to try to find mental health and, and wellness, whereas other people, maybe it, it comes easier to. It doesn't call into context the, the radical tragedies that my wife and family and I have like experienced and lived to tell about and find ourselves bigger for, right? This is coming back to like, I think what you want in life is you, you don't necessarily want the business success as you want a specific kind of success, right? You want to be successful as you, this advertising agency that you have within yourself that you oftentimes don't even know about it has goals and you can look at what those goals are. Oh, it's trying to get people to think this about me or get that, think that about me or believe this about me. And the more we kind of become aware of what our subconscious is trying to make people think about us, the more integrated we can get. And then we can choose to do that or not. So I find that what I'm doing these days is I'm doing exactly what I've always been doing. I just know what I'm doing now. <laughs> I'm more integrated about it, right? So... That is the thing that I see, uh, like Joe Rogan has, apparently what, from what I can tell and what I've heard several times, Joe Rogan has the single largest audience on the face of the planet. Now, someone, I really want someone to tweet me out who can do the research to find out like, is that actually true? Because I don't know. But I've heard someone say, single largest audience on the face of the planet, larger than like Fox, ABC, and NBC combined. Yeah, I've heard that. Right? It's a one dude, like his name is Joe Rogan and the podcast is called like the Joe Rogan experience. It's just like he started it like when he was stoned in his underwear, like eight years ago or something like that. Just a bro, like, and it's one of the largest audiences on the face of the planet. And what I have always experienced when I listen to Joe Rogan, which I don't listen to very often, but there's a lot of conversations I have listened to because I'm not going to do the MMA stuff. It's like they're long, but like big, long conversations that he's had with people like Laird Hamilton, just like intellectuals. I just find there's a lot of fascinating conversations happening there. What I am getting from those conversations is such a kind of authenticity and a rawness that it feels like my insides resonate with it. And there's this great book that Nancy Duarte wrote called Resonate. And it's all about how do you present things? How do you actually present stuff? 
how do you put like there, this is the company that put together like the iPhone presentation and they studied Martin Luther King and Gandhi and all of these presentations, like found this pattern to present presenting and how do you get people to actually resonate with your thing? The question of resonance is still as applicable today as it was when, you know, the apostle Paul was sitting on a street corner in Greece somewhere trying to get people to listen to his message. There was this thing where there was people who were orators and they were really good at it. And rich people would hire these orators to like teach their kids and stuff like that because they resonated. This is so old, this technology of resonating with someone, of being able to put out a message and resonating with them is so essential and it's so fundamental and it's so deep to what a human is. And it's all built on trust it's built on fear and, and overcoming the fear of if you're trustworthy or not. And there's a billion ways that you can overcome that fear and be actually trustworthy to someone or make someone or persuade someone that you're trustworthy. I just find that the easiest way for me to do that is to actually be trustworthy, right? Like that is the, that's the shortcut is to not think about how to be trustworthy, but to actually be trustworthy, have open your ears. You know, you have two ears and one mouth is what, is what they used to say in camp. Listen twice as much as you speak, which is not what I'm doing on this podcast, but I suppose I'm allowed to do that since you're interviewing me. <laughs> but the authenticity, the resonance, the fact that Joe Rogan's got the largest audience on the face of the planet, please somebody text me some details and data about that. And that like, this is the opportunity for us, for anyone with a dang laptop, right? This is all fascinating to me. Totally fascinating. And because I studied theology and like, you know, I was trained as a pastor, Pat, like I, I, what you, Jesus and I, now we have, like, we're sort of seeing other people. We have an open relationship, but like, but the, I was very formed. I wasn't raised in the Christian tradition, but I was very formed by some of the relationships I had in the evangelical church and the Pentecostal churches and stuff. And really the, the wonder of what the heck we're doing here, the confusion of we don't know what we're for, <laughs> right? We're on a spaceship called Earth that is like charging through our galaxy, but it's just one of many things. What do we do in the context of, I don't know, I don't know, but I know what I know I need to do, I got to make money. Right. And, and when you can combine this love and passion for something with the service that you're offering for others with the idea of being able to generate an income, which you're ultimately doing through affiliate marketing and I'm doing through courses and affiliate marketing and somebody else is doing through coaching and others are doing through advertising. I mean, that's how you generate that happiness and how, you know, it's not going to happen right away. It takes time and you got to find your why and find your voice. But, you know, that's to me what it really comes down to, right? Well, I think it's really related to, the, to that advertising agency we have inside us. All I know is everything I ever made, I just wanted Seth Godin to text me and say, okay, I'll be your dad now. <laughs> you know? Oh, okay, I'll be a buddy now or something like Seth. that. Right? And that, that, like, it was always disappointing if that's what I was waiting for. Right? Mm -hmm. It was always disappointing if that's what I was looking for. Because what I was looking for was right in front of me. It's my own father. Right? It's my own son. It's my relationship with my wife. It's my levels of satisfaction in my life. It's my feeling of connectedness to my community. It's my feeling of... And by the way, I couldn't have done this when I was younger. I just didn't know how. <laughs> you know? It's like the, the machinery has to get older a little bit. So when you're young and you're just raging around, like, don't worry about it. Keep your head on and try a lot of stuff. But look for you. Look for you. Joe Rogan is big because he's Joe Rogan. 
like his friend, do you know this? He did a pod. He did. I did a, I, I did a review and this was a silly, this was a really challenging thing for me to post. I, I, I'm glad I did though, but I did like a, a review of this conversation between Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan, who are two public sort of, you know, one's a public intellectual and one's like a, an MMA guy. <laughs> I don't know. The guy from Fear Factor who happens to have a really big podcast and hosts great conversations. And here's Joe Rogan on his iPhone, like no production value at all, just straight raw presence, him and Jordan Peterson. And Jordan Peterson asked great questions of a guy who is, uh, who has had a very interesting life. And he tells this story. I kid you not, Pat, this was, I laughed so hard I, <laughs> writing this in my iPad pro notability app where I take my notes now, but it, he, he had a friend called Ari Shafir. He has a friend called Ari Shafir. Who's a, who's a, like a, a comic who has a show on comedy central where people tell crazy stories. And he said to Joe a long, long time ago when he was getting started and after he'd been going for a little while, he's like, dude, your conversations are too long. You have to cut it down and package it better. Now, Ari Shafir has almost <laughs> like, he just has a lot less people paying attention to him <laughs> than Joe Rogan has paying attention to him, right? And how many times have I been the person in someone's life telling them, you have to cut this down. You have to make this more approachable. You have to fix the brand for this thing. You have to make more sense. You have to, you have to, you have to. And here was Joe Rogan who literally, on the interview he talks about it as well. It's like, I just didn't care if anybody was listening. I wanted to have conversations and I never got to do it. So I like had to start a podcast to do it, Right. I got the same vibe from Dan Carlin from Hardcore History was on Tim Ferriss's podcast. He says very similar things. Those two things are two of the more important pieces of media that I've that I've imbibed in over the last, you know, decade of digital work. That's cool. We'll see if we can find those and link to those in the show notes for everybody so they can check those out as well. They seem to have a big impact. You know, we've talked a lot about you and your personality and who you are and stepping into fully yourself. That's really important because like you said, we're this di digital advertising agency, but people need to trust others and, and people will only trust you when you're fully yourself, when you're fully authentic. And, and as my good buddy, Chris Ducker says, as I know you know Chris very well, your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Your vibe attracts your tribe. Yeah. So Chase, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate you so much. This was just such an interesting conversation. I just want to let you go, man. I wanted you to just talk. I'm, I'm, I'm I, like, I really hope it's helpful for some people out there. I really appreciate you letting me go. Cause you know, I'm the kind of guy you yeah, just yeah, yeah. kind of like, cause this is a huge, this is like such a privilege just to to be on here, Pat. I got to thank you for it. Yeah, no, you're welcome. And thank you again for your time. I hope everybody enjoyed this. You can check out all the links at the show notes page, which I'll mention at the end here at the outro. But before you go, why don't you tell us where people can go and find you and learn more about what you got going on? Yeah, so my YouTube channel is just Chase Reeves. You can find me there. You can see the lists of the products that I think are meaningful. This is everything from, like I mentioned, travel bags and daily carry, but also the best like men's jacket for travel and the best men's pants for like a technical pant. There's a lot of interesting products out there as well as my favorite water bottle, the Camelback Shoot, which is noble crap, like one of my favorites in, in the world. It's like $11 and I've tried a lot. There's a lot of that stuff there. And then if anybody wants to, I'm exploring with, with doing some events, Pat, with doing some like slow key events. One of the, the I just like getting people in, in getting into people's lives. You can go to workwithchase.com. That's sort of like my, my holding tank for, and from there you should be able to just book a conversation. If you want, I'm like a, I'm sort of, I'm like a coach guy. That's what I've been training in the last year. And I found a lot of value in that. 
personally, but then I love being in people's questions with them and just kind of providing a, a different angle to try to find some solution to. But there might also be some events here in the future where I want to get people up to the roof of my place in Ocean Beach where we have this gorgeous view and explore just like what it would be like to get a handful of people on the roof, all at whatever situation in life that they're in. And we just kind of see what we what we come up with, what what kind of solutions we find to whatever current problems people are trying to. Because I find that the hardest thing in life is even just to figure out what I want, man. You know, that's all like, what do you want is, is the, if I, I can do anything, if I, if I've shown myself anything in life, I can do whatever I want to do, but what do I want to do is still a question that challenges me. Chase Reeves, everybody. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Matterful.co. And uh, we'll see you later, bud. Thanks so much. All right, brother. Thanks so much, man. Wow. That was, man different kind of energy, like I said, right? Chase, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Everybody better visit matterful.co and also check you out, obviously, on YouTube. Just look up Chase Reeves and you're gonna find some funny stuff related to bag reviews and Chase's personal style of doing that. And you can have your own style of doing it as well. And just remembering, not just, you know, you wanna talk about the product and the thing, the things people are interested in, but you wanna talk about why it matters, which is why I love Matterful.co and, and that idea behind just, you know, this is more than just about the product. It's how it matters to you and, and how it injects itself into your life. And hopefully you've learned a bunch of things about, you know, moving forward and, and listening to that inner voice and also that digital advertiser that is you and how you can best portray yourself to those who need your help. So anyway, thank you so much once again, Chase. You're amazing. I look forward to connecting with you because we live close by to each other now, which is really amazing. Looking forward to all your stuff and I cannot wait to learn more from you because I always do. Every every time I talk to you, I learn so much. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. Anybody listening to this, you can get all the show notes and the links and the resources mentioned in this episode at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 397. One more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 397. Guys, thank you so much for listening and I appreciate you. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks so much. Team Flynn for the win. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.